Greetings, friends, and good morning. Welcome back to the broadcast. I'm Sean. Website is scriptureandprophecy.com. That's where you go to find the archives. That's where you go to support this mission of truth. Well, this morning I felt led to read from uh, Ezekiel chapter 22. It's kind of like one of those uh, casting lots. You know, the other night I just flipped open the Bible and it happened to be the Hallelujah Scriptures version that was on my nightstand, and I read this, and it just kind of jumped out to me as kind of a example of how God deals with sin. And I just thought maybe this is a little bit of a foreshadow of, unfortunately, the times that we're living in right now. I want to remind you of Second Peter. Uh, chapter 2 verse 6 which says and turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes condemn them with an overthrow making them an example unto those that should after live ungodly and so if Sodom and Gomorrah was an example of, of how God judges that kind of sin then what we're reading here in Ezekiel chapter 22, I would think, would also qualify as an example unto us. So I'm going to read it to you real quick. It's not very long. And uh, Hallelujah Scriptures version this morning. Here's what it says. And the word of Jehovah came to me, saying, And now, son of man, judge, judge the city of blood, and you shall show her all her abominations. And you shall say, Thus said the Adon Yehovah, that's the Lord God, The city sheds blood in her midst, that her time might come. And she has made idols within herself to become defiled. You have become, you have become guilty by blood, which you have shed. And have defiled yourself with the idols which you have made. Thus you have brought your days near. And have come near to the end of your years. Therefore I shall make you a reproach to the Gentiles. And a mockery to the lands. Those near and those far from you mock you. Defiled is your name. And great is the confusion. See, the leaders of Israel, each one has used his arm to shed blood in you. They have despised father and mother within you. They have oppressed the stranger in your midst. They have oppressed the fatherless and the widow within you. All right, so something that's jumping out at me right now is he's, he's talking about, first of all, you've given yourself over to idol worship, right? And that's like... God hates that, right? But then he's like, even your leaders, like they hate the family, right? What does it say? Defile. First of all, you guys are confused. The leaders within you, they've shed blood. They've despised mother and father. They've oppressed the stranger, so the foreigner. And they have oppressed the fatherless, fatherless and the widow. Verse 8. You have despised that which is Kodesh to me. In other words, what is holy to me, what is set apart to me, you've despised. And you have profaned my Shabbat oaths, my Sabbaths. Slanderous men have been in you to shed blood. And in you are those that eat on the mountains 
They have done wickedness in your midst. Talking about the people who hold high positions, right? The powerful. In you they have uncovered the nakedness of a father. And we're going to talk about that here in just a second. In you they have uncovered the nakedness of a father. In you they have humbled women who are defiled during their uncleanliness. And the one who has done abomination with his neighbor's wife. And another has done wickedly defiled his daughter-in-law. And another within you has humbled his sister, his father's daughter. In you they have taken a bribe to shed blood. You have taken interest and increase. Alright, let's stop for a second. In you they have uncovered your father's nakedness. That's a f- type of phrase, a Hebrew phrase or idiom that they that they're using to describe sexual sin, but specifically as it offends your father. Now, if we go to Leviticus, we see a list of all of this. Okay, so one of the things that they're guilty of, Israel's guilty of having wicked leaders who do shed blood, who destroy the family, who, who destroy the widow, who do, who care less about the foreigner, and all that stuff. They shed blood. They d- despise, the people despise the things that are sacred as far as God's concerned. But the other thing is is high sexual sin. So if you, you've uncovered your father's nakedness, that's the first thing on the list. So if we go to Leviticus chapter 18, this is a list of laws that the Israelites were to observe that dealt with sexual sin. These sexual sins are not like okay for us as Christians either, by the way. If, if you read the New Testament, you read the book of Acts, you read the warnings from Paul, which we're going to get to some of those, same thing applies, okay? Fornication, sexual immorality. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak to the children of Israel, and say unto them, I am the Lord your God. After the doings of the land of Egypt, wherein you dwelt, you shall not do. And after the doings of the land of Canaan, whither I bring you, you shall not do. Neither shall you walk in their ordinances. Ye shall do my judgments, and keep my ordinances, to walk therein. I am the Lord your God. Ye shall therefore keep my statutes, my judgments, which I am, which if a man do, he shall live in them. I am the Lord. Listen, none of you shall approach any that is near of kin to him to uncover their nakedness. I am the Lord. In other words, you do not engage in sexual uh, interactions with your relatives, right? The, the verse 7, the nakedness of thy father or the nakedness of thy mother shall thou not uncover. She is thy mother. Thou shalt not uncover her nakedness. The nakedness of thy father's wife thou shalt not uncover. It is thy father's nakedness. By the way, these sins are not... You know, we, we, we look at sexual sin today. It's the most prominent sin. It's the thing that's destroying men and women alike the most. If we're, if we're just to race, what sin is causing believers specifically to stumble the most? It's going to be sexual sin, and it always has been. It says, do not sleep with thy father's wife, right? You don't uncover your father's nakedness. But these sins go all the way back. We just read out of the Torah yesterday how Jacob's son slept with his concubine, right? I think it was Bilhah. I can't remember if it was Simeon or Reuben. 
uh, from our Torah portion study last week. Like, these things are not new. Sexual sin has always been a problem, even for God's people. Samson, right? David with Bathsheba. Uh, Judah, the one who the Jews come from and the Messiah comes from. What did he do? He, th- he saw Tamar, his son-in-law's, or I'm sorry, his daughter-in-law, but thought she was a prostitute, slept with her, right? I mean, everywhere we look, these sins are taking place. Uh, David's son, Absalom, right? And uh, all the concubines. Uh, one of David's sons, maybe it's the same one, uh, slept with a sister. I mean, just all kinds of sexual immorality. And it's corru- it's the it's that thing that's doing the most damage today and and it's, and it's been that way from the beginning. Verse 9, the nakedness of thy sister, the daughter of thy father, or daughter of thy mother, whether she be born at home or born abroad, even their nakedness thou shalt not uncover. The nakedness of thy son's daughter or the da- daughter's daughter, even their nakedness thou shalt not uncover, for theirs is thy own nakedness. The nakedness of thy father's wife's daughter, begotten of thy father, she is thy sister, thou shalt not uncover her nakedness. In other words, you're not going to sleep with your half-sister. Thou shalt not uncover the nakedness of thy father's sister, she is thy father's near kinswoman. Thou shalt not uncover the nakedness of thy mother's sister, she is thy mother's near kinwoman. Thou shalt not uncover the nakedness of thy father's brother, thou shalt not approach to his wife, she is thy aunt. Thou shalt not uncover the nakedness of thy daughter-in-law. She is thy son's wife. Thou shalt not uncover her nakedness. Thou shalt not uncover the nakedness of thy brother's wife. She is thy, that is thy brother's nakedness. Thou shalt not uncover the nakedness of a woman and her daughter. Neither shalt thou take her son's daughter or her daughter's daughter to uncover her nakedness. For they are near kinswoman. It is wickedness. Neither shalt thou take a wife to her sister to vex her to uncover her nakedness. Besides the other in her lifetime, also thou shalt not approach to uh, to a woman to uncover her nakedness as long as she is put apart for her uncleanliness. Okay, that's dealing with when a woman's having her menstrual cycle. You were not to engage in sex, which is one of the crimes here that Ezekiel's warning about. What does he say? In you they have uncovered the nakedness of a father. Okay, that's all those things. It could be the, the it could be the father's wife. It could be a sister. Could, all those things that we just read. In you they have humbled women who are defiled during their uncleanliness. That's just a polite way the Holy Scripture is saying uh, sleeping with a woman when she's on her cycle. Verse eleven, and the one who has done abominations with his neighbor's wife. And another has wickedly defiled his daughter-in-law. And another within you has humbled his sister, his father's daughter. So it's all these things that we're reading about in Leviticus. They violated them all. Okay, God's angry and he's fed up. By the way, all these sins are not only done all throughout the world today, but celebrated in every corner of the earth. In you they have taken a bribe to shed blood. You have taken interest and increase. You have cut off your neighbor by extortion, and you have forgotten me, declares the Adon, Yehovah, the Lord God. I want to 
read from First Corinthians real quick since we're talking about sexual sin. And the reason why we're bringing that up, bringing this up today is because it's not really talked about in churches. It's, you know, so many people are struggling with it. So many people are being bombarded with it. And it's like that, it's that thing that, that we're all just ignoring, like it's not a problem. But it's the number one thing, I think, corrupting the minds of humanity right now. Even good and well-intentioned believers are struggling with this. Let me read from, let me read Corinthians here, chapter 5, 13 verses. It is reported commonly that there is fornication among you, sexual immorality. And such fornication is not so much as named among the Gentiles, that one should have his father's wife. So he's saying, it's come to my attention that there's sexual immorality taking place within the Corinth church. And it's the type of sexual morality that's not even named among the heathen, basically. Like, they don't even do this to sleep with their father's wife. Okay? Verse 2, And you are puffed up, and have not rather mourned, that he that done this deed might be taken away from among you. He's saying, and not only that, you haven't even kicked this person out of the church. They slept with their father's wife. I mean, for verily, for I verily, as absent in the body, but present in the spirits, have judged already, as though I were present concerning him that hath done so this deed. So Paul's saying, I'm not even there, but I'm judging. This guy's got to go. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, when ye are gathered together, and my spirit with the power of the Lord Jesus Christ, to deliver such as a one unto Satan for the destruction of the flesh, that the spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. Notice he's not saying that that person's necessarily unsaved. He's saying they can't be a part of the church if that's their behavior. They need to go. Okay? And let it be what it is. Verse 6. Your glory is not good. Know you not that a little leaven leaven up the whole lump? He's saying just a little bit of sin creates a big problem for the whole thing. Right? You put just a little bit of leaven in some bread and it expands when you bake it. You know, unleavened bread is flat. See, it only takes a little bit. He's getting ready to make a point. I used to have a basketball coach back when I was a kid. I didn't know Christ or anything like that, but he would speak wisdom into me. One of the things he always would tell me is you become those you surround yourself with because he was always upset that I was always running with the wrong crowd. It's like you need to separate yourselves from them because you will become who you surround yourself with. This is what Paul's getting ready to get at. Purge out therefore the old leaven, that you may be a new lump, as you are unleavened. For even Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. Therefore let us keep the feast, not with the old leaven, neither with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. I wrote unto you in an epistle not to company with fornicators. Okay, Paul's saying, I've already written to you saying, do not surround yourself with people who are actively involved in sexual immorality. A little bit of leaven leavens up the whole lump. You do that, you're just asking for it, right? You're just asking for it. You know, Jesus said, if my right eye, if your right eye causes you to sin, gouge it out. It's better to enter into heaven with one eye than to enter into hell with both. Jesus is using metaphor, a symbolic, he's using symbolism, metaphors to say, you got to cut off that thing that's causing you to sin, right? 
If watching Netflix causes you to have impure thoughts, Netflix has to go. Okay? It's very simple. These people say, how do I defeat these things? Look, it's very difficult, especially when you have previous addictions before you became a Christian. Okay? I'm not oblivious to these facts. It's very, very difficult. But you have to start cutting the things off where you're opening up these doors. Number one, you're opening up the spiritual doors for the enemy to attack, right? Remember the, I just did a podcast, or I just replayed a broadcast I did with Russ Dizdar many years ago. And we talked about that scripture, don't give Satan a foothold. Don't give him a legal right to, to harass you. Well, when you open up those doors and you look at these things, you're giving the enemy power. A little bit of leaven leavens up the whole lump. You know, the flesh, when you feed it just a little bite, you know, I just need to feed the flesh a little bit. When you do that, the flesh just says, I'm hungry even more. I'm even more hungry. I want more, right? There's no pleasing the flesh. Let me get back to the point. Paul says, I wrote to you in an epistle not to company with fornicators. So don't don't be spending time with people who are sexually immoral. Yet not altogether with fornicators of this world or with covetousness, or covetors or extortioners or with idolaters. For then must ye needs go out of the world. He's saying don't spend time with these people. I hate to break it to you. That's what the scriptures say. People are always saying, well, you know, they, they use evangelism as an excuse, right? But really evangelism is not their intent. They just want to spend time in the world and spend time with those people. Well, I go to the bar because I'm an evangelist. No, you go to the bar because you want to go to the bar. You're using the, I'm an evangelist as your crutch to give you permission to do that. Verse 11. But now I've written unto you not to keep company. If any man that is called a brother be a fornicator. Does it say non-believer? Who does it say? If any man that is called a brother any, your brothers in, in Christ, listen, if they're involved in these things, you are not to keep company with them. That's what Paul's saying. If any man that is called a brother be a fornicator or a covetous or an idolater or a railer or a drunkard or an extortioner, with such a one, know not to eat. For what have I to judge them also that are without? Paul's saying those who are not within the church, what am I, why am I bothering judging them? Do not ye judge them that with are within, but them that are without God judges, right? Paul's saying, I'm, I'm judging those people who are in the church doing these things. The, the world, God will deal with the world. Therefore, put away from among yourselves that wicked person. So Paul's saying, you know, and I think the scriptures are saying, you know, the first thing you need to do if you're going to get oh, if you're going to get past these problems is stop spending time with the people who do these things. Okay? Stop putting yourself in situations. Um I think it's Job. I'll just google it literally on the fly here. I made a covenant with my eyes, Job. I just had to Google that on the fly. I've made a covenant with my eyes. Let's change it to the King James Version. I have made a covenant with my eyes. When they should I think upon a maid. Let me see if I can find another version that is going to make that even easier to 
decipher. I have made a covenant with my eyes. How then could I gaze at a virgin? What would be my portion from God above and my heritage from the God Almighty on high? Is not calamity for the unrighteous and disaster for the workers of iniquity? iniquity? Does not he see my ways and number all my steps? So Job's saying, I've made a covenant with my eyes. I'm not going to look upon an attractive woman, a young maid, a virgin, however you want to translate that, to lust after her, right? Like Job's, Job's acknowledging this is a problem. I know it's an issue. I have to make a covenant with my eyes to not look, to not look at that. This is important stuff. It's important stuff. And listen, if you're struggling with this, this is not a podcast to beat you over the head. This is a podcast saying, here's some of the things you can do. Yes, it's considered evil. Yes, it's considered wickedness. Everyone struggles with something. Here's how you fight it. You have to make spiritual war with it. You have to make war. You can't just, well, this is just the way I am. No, it's not just the way you are. You have the Spirit of God in you, which is stronger. The Lord Jesus has paid the penalty for your sins, but he's also set you free from the strongholds of sin. Right? Usually, we're not being tempted by the devil. It's our own flesh drawing us away, as the scriptures say. Let me finish Ezekiel here. I feel like I've spent maybe even too much time on this. In you they have taken a bribe to shed blood. You have taken interest and increase. You have cut off your neighbor by extortion, and you have forgotten me, declares the Adon Jehovah. And see, I shall smite my hand because of your greedy gain which you have made. Does that sound familiar? Does that sound familiar in the land that we're living in? You have with which your hands have made, and the bloodshed which has been in your midst. Would your heart stand, your hands remain strong in the days when I deal with you? I, Jehovah, have spoken and shall do it. And I shall scatter you among the Gentiles and shall disperse you throughout the lands and shall consume your filthiness out of you. And you shall profane yourself before the eyes of the Gentiles and you shall know that I am Jehovah. The word of Jehovah came to me saying, Son of man, the house of Yisrael has become dross to me. All of them are bronze and tin and iron and lead in the midst of a furnace. They have become the dross of silver. Therefore, thus said the Adon, Jehovah, because all of you have become dross. Therefore, see, I am gathering you into the midst of Jerusalem, Jerusalem. As they gather silver and bronze and iron and lead and tin into the midst of a furnace to blow fire on it to melt it, so I gather you in my displeasure and in my wrath and I shall blow and melt you. And I shall gather you and blow on you with the fire of my wrath, and you shall be melted in the mist, as silver is melted in the mist of a furnace, so are you melted in the mist. And you shall know that I am Jehovah. I have poured out my wrath on you. And the word of Jehovah came to me, saying, Son of man, say to her, You are a land that is not cleansed or rained upon the day of displeasure. Therefore, is a conspiracy of her Nebaim, that is to say, her prophets. In her midst, like the roaring lion tearing the prey, they have devoured life, they have taken treasure and wealth, and they have made many widows, made many widows in their midst. 
He's saying the prophets, there's a conspiracy going on. The prophets are not really prophets, they're extortioners, right? Her Kohanim, that is to say her priest, have done violence to my Torah, my law, and they profane my Kodesh matters, my holy matters. He's saying the priest, uh, they're lying for their own gain, basically, right? That's what's going on here. They've done violence to my law. In other words, they're perverting my law. They're twisting my law. They're making it say what it doesn't say so they can get away with sin. They have not distinguished between the Kodesh and the profane, the holy and the profane. Nor have they made known between the unclean and the clean. And they have hidden their eyes from my Shabbat my Sabbaths. And I am profaned in their midst. Her leaders in her midst are like wolves tearing the prey to shed blood to destroy lives and to get greedy gain. And her Nebaim, her prophets, have coated them with whitewash, seeing a false vision and divining a lie for them, saying, Thus said the Adon Yehovah when Yehovah had not spoken. He's saying the prophets are speaking on behalf of God, but they're not really speaking on behalf of God. It's all lies. Right? So you, not only are your leaders out of control, not only are your people out of control, even your religious leaders are liars and extortioners, and they twist the word to make it mean whatever they want it to mean. Folks, this could be a description of the world, time, and land that we're living in right now. And I say land because... From what I can tell, this is how it is through most of the world. At least the Western world. A couple more verses and then we're done. The people of the land have practiced oppression, committed robbery, and have oppressed the poor and needy, and they have oppressed the stranger without right ruling. I sought for a man among them who would make a wall and stand in the breach before me on behalf of the land that I should not destroy it, but I did not find one. Last point I want to make. Last Thursday, I called everybody to fast and pray, right? I called to prayer Thursday, November 18th, 2021. And I said, let's be those people who are repairers of, repairers of the breach to stand in the gap. This is the difference, potentially, between what we're reading here about Israel in this day, of Ezekiel's day, and the time we're living in now. God says, I looked for someone who would be willing to stand in the gap and pray on behalf of the people so that I did not destroy it, right? But he says, I didn't find a single person who would do that. That's why it's so important that we pray and intercede. What does God say? I sought for a man among them who would make a wall and stand in the breach before me on behalf of the land that I should not destroy it, but I did not find one. Therefore, I have poured out my displeasure on them, and I have consumed them with the fire of my wrath, and I have not put their way on their head, and I have put their way on their head. In other words, what they've reaped, they've sown, declares the Adon Yehovah, the Lord God. That, my friends, is the end of our study for this morning. I hope that it's been food for thought. I hope that you've been blessed. I hope that I've given you some tools to fight against sin. I pray your hearts have been pierced. Thanks for listening this morning. Peace and grace be with all of you. And until next time, God bless.